And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. You're listening to Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Raider Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal here back from Los Angeles, and I am currently sitting in a cloudy Henderson, Nevada, in the Intermountain Health Performance Center. And thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us for another episode of Upon Further Review, brought to you by the good people at Coors Light. And as I said, joint practice is officially in the books. Uh, we hit the road for a few days. Today is Friday. That's why we're recording on a Friday, because I was in L.A. Wednesday, Thursday, returned in the middle of the night last night, and here I am in the studio today to break it all down. For those of you who want a little deeper dive into joint practices and everything that uh, that pr- transpired in Los Angeles the past 48 hours. Head on over to the Raiders Training Camp podcast, shameless plug alert. Our guy Jesse Merrick was here holding it down at his day job, so me and our boy Kirk Morrison uh, handled the duties down there. And speaking of, in just a little bit, we're going to play uh, part of our conversation with Kirk Morrison, friend of the program, Kirk Morrison. Uh, it was great to catch up with him in Los Angeles. Uh, Kirk obviously does a ton of work with the Rams, uh, very ingrained in the Los Angeles sports scene. So to see him, to kind of watch portions of practice with him, to get a former linebacker's you know thoughts and kind of two cents on everything that he was seeing uh, in terms of the Raiders, but also the Rams as well, uh, was really, really awesome. And so, yeah, make sure you hang out and stick around for that, our conversation with Kirk Morrison. But before we do all that, I'm back in the great state of Nevada, and I got some bills to pay, baby. So here we go with our transactions, brought to you by Shift 4 Payments. Since the last time that you and I all hung out, Dave Ziegler and company have been busy, busy, busy which makes sense for this time of the year as we get ready now for the second preseason game coming at you, gosh, tomorrow night from Los Angeles. But as I said, a lot going on in terms of the transaction. So this is what the Las Vegas Raiders have been doing as of late, beginning as we always do in chronological order. On August 13th, the silver and black wave defensive tackle Kyle Pico and placed linebacker Darius Harris and wide receiver DJ Turner on the reserve injured list. On 8-15, just two days later, the Raiders signed wide receiver Isaiah Zuber and placed tackle Brandon Parker on the reserve injured list. And just real quick before we keep going on, man, my heart hurts for Brandon Parker today. A dude that has been with us since Oakland, a guy who has been awesome for all of us in Silver and Black Productions, and just one of those guys that you root for. Uh, And now, unfortunately, back-to-back seasons, Brandon's season is uh, is really not going to be, be able to even get going as he's placed on the reserve injured list, meaning that is a wrap for 2023. And as I said, man, it's just a bummer. It's the very human side of all this, right, where you talk about guys that put in so much work that get their bodies right, especially for a guy like Brandon coming off of a, of a pretty major injury a year ago that cost him his entire season to now be so close to the start of the regular season. We are just less than a month away now, and for, unfortunately, his season to end before it can even get rocking, man, it hurts. hurts big time. Uh, and let's not forget to talk about the football aspect of it, too. 
Brandon Parker, a guy very versatile on the offensive line, a guy who can play right tackle, left tackle, who can do a lot of different things for you. Uh, and now Josh McDaniel, Dave Ziegler and company, not going to have access to him in 2023. So per usual, wishing Brandon nothing but health, happiness, and a speedy recovery. And hopefully we see him very, very, very soon. Continuing on with the transactions, and this is a big one, guys. On August 16th, while the team was in Los Angeles, defensive end Tyree Wilson. Yeah, I know you know him. He passed his physical and returned to practice from the non-football injury list, uh, and the Raiders also waived linebacker Darius Harris from the reserve injured list. And then eights on 817, which was yesterday, uh, they waived wide receiver DJ Turner from the reserve injured list. As I said, Busy, busy, busy for your Las Vegas Raiders as of late, uh, particularly as it involves the roster. But before we get into our conversation with Kirk Morrison and kind of do a deeper dive uh, into what we saw on joint practices, let's just touch on this real quick. Tyree Wilson, back to work. Huge. Cannot kind of overstate how, uh, you know, how important this return is. And listen, I don't know if we're going to see him tomorrow night against the Rams. Candidly, I would be a little surprised if we did. This is a guy that is, has, what, two practices under his belt. So I would be really, really surprised if we saw him put the pads on and get to work. But all the same, when you see him physically, right, and we have talked about this a lot since the Raiders drafted him in the first round in April, when you look at Tyree Wilson, you cannot help but think, oh, boy, this defensive line can be scary good scary good because you have Max Crosby all pro all everything on one side doing his thing you got Chandler Jones a dude who was going to Canton when all said and done on the other side and then you throw in this physical freak in the best possible way Tyree Wilson you look at this guy I mean if Tyree wanted to go uh, be a stretch four in the NBA he could do it if he wanted to be a tight end he could do it If he wanted to be the biggest, baddest first baseman in the world, he could do it. Tyree Wilson looks and is an athlete. So if you let yourself think to week one, to week two, to week three, to week whenever, the idea, the notion of having these three studs along the defensive line for the Las Vegas Raiders, whoo, boy, now we're cooking. Now we are starting to get excited. And we look at this defense, a defense that has, you know, through the first handful of weeks of training camp, through now two sets of joint practices, shown on paper and kind of in practice now a little bit more. They are much improved from a year ago. Boy, it starts, you start to think the tick, 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 the mechanisms in your mind start rolling a little bit. You say, well, if this defense is going to be better and this offense can kind of be what he expected to be, Mmm, intrigue and optimism for the silver and black in 2023. Now, I don't want to put all of this on one guy that, uh, you know, is a rookie. And as I said, has two practices now under his belt. But just seeing him out there doing his thing, you cannot help but think about what this could uh, and probably should be in 2023. But uh, just sticking on the Rams for uh, another minute real quick before we welcome in our guy, Kirk Morrison. You know, we went down to L.A., and for me, and I've talked about this a lot. I've talked about this on this show. I've talked about it on the Raiders Training Camp podcast with Jesse. Uh, I've talked about it with just kind of our local media just out and about in a very casual sense, right? I think what I've wanted to see kind of at every, you know, line in the sand, every line, you know, point of demarcation, whatever you want to call it, I just kind of want to see, let's, let's check things off the list, right? And I think going into Los Angeles, going against a team 
and I think it's fair to say, is trying to figure it out a little bit. You know, they, you won the Super Bowl a, a couple of years ago, but since then, a, a team very much trying to find an identity, trying to figure it out, right? Figure out what this next chapter looks like for them. Certainly a lot of talented dudes on that team. Aaron Donald, the guy who is all everything, going to the Hall of Fame the moment he retires. But you look at that team, and, and you, like I said, from 1 to 90, perhaps not the most talented team in the NFL. You look what we saw against the 49ers uh, a week ago here in this facility, and those bunch of dogs on that team, right? Team that seemingly lives in the NFC Championship every year. A team that is stacked. Offense, defense, a really good special team unit. And now you look at the Rams, and I don't mean this as a slight, but more questions surrounding the Rams. So for me, going into these two days of joint practices, I want to see how do the Raiders hold up? How do they square up, right, against the Los Angeles Rams? And again, for me, the biggest takeaway, two days into practice, this defense is much improved. Max Crosby, and I know we have talked about it time and time and time again over the past month, Max Crosby is a man on a mission. There was one moment on practice Wednesday, the first day, which was Wednesday, and the Rams setup is a little bit different than ours. They have the two fields, outdoor fields, and certainly a little more um, contained. Is that the right word? Uh, not as, as kind of expansive and, and open uh, as things are here in Henderson, right? They're, they practice on a college campus for camp. And, you know, so you're a little bit closer to, uh, to the action than you are here. And Max Crosby, Max is getting ready, doing his thing. He looks over to me before practice, and he goes, Hey, Eddie, it's showtime. Get your pen ready. And he did not disappoint against the Rams. He is a guy that is constantly bringing the heat. And we, we look at what Max did a year ago, and you're like, Is he going to get better? All indications are, and obviously you need to be healthy. You need to put the work in one day at a time. This guy is, is on a different level in 2023. And I think we have really seen that uh, that impact on the rest of the defense. Another guy that I thought had an outstanding two days in Los Angeles was Bilal Nichols. And Bilal has been a guy coming into this year. I, I will be honest, I did not have Bilal's name written on my, my talking points going into training camp, right? I did not have Bilal as, as a, oh, let's see what he can do. Like, you know, you saw him a year ago. Hey, let's see if we can build on it, right? Bilal has been playing out of his mind too. Bilal has been really, really, really good. He was great against the 49ers in the joint practices. I felt like he carried uh, that momentum into joint practices against the Rams, and he is bringing the heat. He is bringing the enthusiasm. He is being that beast in the middle of the Raiders' defensive line. And if Bilal is rocking and rolling, if you get that big man doing his thing, and you have Max and Chandler and a healthy Tyree, I, I told you, like this defense, this defensive line in particular, and be very, very, very exciting. So th that to me was the big takeaway. Offense looked how the offense looked, how we expect it to look. Devontae back out there doing his thing. Jimmy G getting more comfortable. We talked to Hunter Renfro on the training camp podcast, and he just talked about the importance of having time on task with all of the quarterbacks, whether it's Jimmy, it's O'Connell, uh, Chase Garbers, uh, or Brian Hoyer. He said, you know, just having this opportunity to get more reps with all those guys benefits the offense as a whole. So I think that the offense checked the box, right? The defense very much checked the box. My guys, AJ and Cole, Daniel Carlson, did their thing, checked the box. So now going into Saturday, and after we talk to Kirk, I'll give you a few people that I'm, I'm looking to see on Saturday, looking forward to what they're going to bring to the table. But after seeing what we saw the past two days, Raiders are checking the boxes, right? The checklist is progressing as we want it to.
Now, I am a big believer, and you got to stay pretty even keel during the preseason. There are going to be guys that playing out of their mind that we are not going to see come week one. There are guys that maybe fly under the radar a little bit for the preseason, guys that we don't see. And all of a sudden, you're like, week six, major contributor. So I'm not a big believer in getting too up, getting too down about what we see. What do I want? Number one, I say this all the time, get out of the preseason healthy. That is priority number one. Get out of the preseason healthy. Item number two, just check the box. Get a little bit better. Show Coach McDaniel, show Dave Ziegler, show Patrick Graham, show Mick Lombardi what they want to see. You know what I mean? These guys go into each game with here the, let's call it the eight things that they want to see. Check a box. Boom, boom, boom. Let's cross things off the list and let's feel really good coming back to Vegas on Saturday night and then ultimately getting ready for the preseason finale against the Dallas Cowboys a week from now. But there was so much to get into from the two days in Los Angeles. As I said, it was so good to see our man Kirk Morrison out there rocking and rolling and doing his thing. And he just, he's good. I was telling our, I was telling our guys walking in today, Kirk's just good at his job. He's a good talker. He's good on camera. He knows what he's talking about. He is great at describing uh, and making the complex seem very simple to people like me. So I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Like I said, if you want to listen to the totality of the Raiders Training Camp podcast, that is probably on your feeds by the time that this hits. So I encourage you to go there and hang out with uh, Kirk and I for a little bit longer. But all the same, sit back, relax, and enjoy our conversation with our guy, Kirk Morrison. Kirk, we just finished up the second of two days of joint practices with the yeah. Rams. Uh, when you look at what the Silver and Black were able to accomplish today in particular, what kind of stands out to you? Well, they had a plan for Aaron Donald, who didn't practice yesterday, right, in the first portion. Uh, Aaron Donald, to me, still the great defensive player in this league. Uh, they had a plan for him. He didn't rec- practice like he normally does with the uh, Rams practices or whoever the Rams practice against. I thought that stood out to me in his practice. I thought that Trey Tucker stood out to me, Jacoby Myers, a couple guys. Obviously, uh Max Crosby continued to be sort of a thorn in the side of Matthew Stafford. But overall, I saw good work on both sides of the ball, offense and defense against the Rams. You know, I think coming into these two days, Kirk, one thing that we were really excited to see was just how does this defensive line keep growing? Um, They had a really fantastic start to camp, showed that uh, on Sunday against the 49ers. But okay, let's see it against someone different. And I think to me, Kirk, I've been really pleasantly surprised about not only the big dogs, right? Max and Chandler are going to do their things. But the depth at that position, right? And some of these young guys, the Nestor J. Silveras of the world, some yeah. of these interior, the Malcolm Koontz on the outside, mm-hmm. like that to me is exciting if you're a fan of this team. That not only are your big dogs doing it, but to the guys further on the depth chart too. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Malcolm Koontz today. Saw him had a couple good rushes off the edge, especially in the one-on-one. So I thought I was like, wow. Okay, Kuhn's got a little more edge to him now, a little more bend to him. I hadn't seen that in his first couple of years in the league. So you're seeing guys now progress. Uh, you have a lot of guys who understand what their role is. I think before you're so wound up about, man, I got to do this. I want to be here. Well, I think the roles are kind of starting to figure themselves out a little bit. And guys are playing into their roles, knowing who they are as players. And I've always said it takes a little bit of time. It doesn't happen right away, but when you get it, it happened, and it happens fast. Think about Max Crosby. It wasn't like he just came out and lit the league on fire. He had to work into that, and I'm starting to see guys take how Max entered the league, and now they're starting to incorporate that in their game. 
you know, Max really is kind of the, the prototype for how it's supposed to work. A guy, you comes yeah. in, you work your tail off, you're productive as a rookie, but then you see that big leap going into year two, year three. And, and I think that we've talked so much about how Max is the emotional heartbeat of the yes. team, the emotional leader, the on-field leader. But when you're in that defensive, you know, in that defensive group and you see your biggest, baddest dog that's going 100 million <laughs> miles an hour, like right. that has to lift up the collective, right? Yeah, you know that you can't take a playoff. And I think that's what Max has been showing you know, ever since he's really taken over as the heart and soul of his defense. I, I don't care what people say. Max Crosby is the heart and soul of the Raiders defense. As he goes, I think that's the defense goes. And so you're starting to see now guys fill in behind him, right? Seeing Spillane, okay? Seeing Divine Diablo go out there. Guys knowing where they fit it. And an experience now secondary. I know Ja'Korian Ben has been out there a little bit, and I know he's a rookie. But we have guys now who were here last year who understand where to be at. And then you throw in a sprinkling of Marcus Peters now, who is uh, you know, a veteran in this league. I think there's a trust that I saw today. There, there's a trust building on defense that guys know where they need to be at, and they trust the guy next to them that they're going to be there as well. You know, I, I have to ask you about the linebackers, right? Because right. I have it here. But, you know, <laughs> look at a guy like Divine Diablo, all right. the athleticism in the world. We're going into year two now of right. him in this system with Patrick Graham. Like, what is the benefit for a young guy like him? And people forget, Kirk, that he is still a young yeah, guy. Like, it is. feels like he's been around here for a hot minute, <laughs> but he's still a dude right. very much ascending. When you look at a linebacker like Divine and just knowing, hey, this is year two, I understand a little bit better than a year ago what I need to do what is the value for that for the entire defense well it's huge because he's the guy calling the shots calling the signals so when you have a confident player in a position that's going to get the call out that's going to get everybody lined up more importantly he's going to be able to make the adjustments that's what I see now in Divine Diablo it's now slowing down for him I know for me the game truly slowed down for me in year three Year one, you're kind of just running. You're just playing. I'll yeah. be honest. You're just playing, and you're playing off ability. Year two, you get a little bit better. at. By year three, you're able to, the process of elimination, knowing down and distance, knowing the call that was made, knowing what the strength of that offense is really all about and what they're trying to do. You know the strengths of your defense, but you more importantly, people don't talk about this enough, you know the weakness of your defense. Like, you know the weakness. Trust me, there is no outstanding defensive call that can just basically annihilate an offense. There's not. Because offense are trying to find that weak spot. As a defender, as Divine Diablo was starting to figure out, I know where the weakness is, so I want to make sure that they don't get there. So how do you do that? It's your coverage drops. It's getting the defensive line in the right spot. It's being able to adjust when the offense adjusts, when they motion back and forth. Those are things that you pick up on. And year three is really where it kind of just settled for me. I think it's the same thing for Devon. You know, in switching the offensive side of the football, we heard from a lot of the guys yesterday that their persons at practice yesterday, they didn't feel right. like they were where they wanted to be, right? On both sides of the ball, right? Correct. But you come into today, and it felt like, at least anyways, from an outside look in it, offense kind of found its rhythm a little earlier in the session right. than they did yesterday. Just kind of what did you see from, from the Jimmys, the Devontes, the offensive yeah. line? I'm not surprised by that. I think when you look at the first practice, a little bit different because the Rams – Let's be honest, they practice at a different tempo than maybe the San Francisco 49ers did a week ago. And it's always that filling out process. Usually we call it the first quarter, the first drive in an actual game. But when it comes to practice, I thought that yesterday it took a little bit of time. Today was like, okay, let's run. Let's do our stuff. Let them play to our tempo. And I thought that's what you saw early on. Jimmy connecting on some third downs, got some things going early. Hunter Renfro in the slot. We saw him working. Trey Tucker as well. Jacoby Myers, I mentioned him earlier. I thought he had a big day today as well. And just seeing the run game, you know, obviously not tackled to the ground, but you saw a couple of opportunities where they got some good push up front and had a couple holes open up. So that's the part where I think today for the Raiders, they got going is that they 
the 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 tempo was there and they kind of played to a higher tempo than i think the rams did you know i think what was was refreshing for me kirk is like no one expects it to be perfect on any right. day of a joint practice right. of any practice of training camp whatever it is but i love seeing the response today first off yesterday at the end of practice <laughs> i love hearing the acknowledgement yes. of like hey this wasn't good enough. Yeah, yeah, this wasn't good enough. Right. There are parts of it that were great, but overall, we need to be a little bit better. And then today, you see that, and you see that response, and it didn't take two days. It didn't take three days. It was guys hit the field, were ready to work. Right. And to me, that feels like a team that is a mature team, a team that has an understanding of an expectation set by Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. Right. And that, to me, if you're a fan of the Raiders, that, to me, regardless of Jacoby Myers has X touchdowns, Devontae does this, does that, like, in a overall sense, that right. has to be get you fired up. Well, I think you saw the example here. The example over the last two weeks, actually, for the Raiders, the example was what? Well, you had a chance to go up against a team that was in the NFC Championship game a year ago. So you saw what it looked like from the 49ers perspective. And then the next week, you get a chance to go against a team who won the previous Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56, where the Rams were in. They won that. So you're talking about two cultures that have been built and have the same head coaches. Whereas that the Raiders are still establishing that culture into Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. Today, you saw that. You saw that, okay, we know where we need to get to. And I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is taking those steps. And, you know, honestly, seeing him during practice, I really thought that he's really taking control of it. Seeing him after practice talking about the camaraderie that this trip has built. It's one thing to be in Las Vegas, mm -hmm. but this is a camaraderie. These are the trips that you think about throughout the year. Hey, you remember that time we were in Los Angeles and we were playing against, practicing against the Rams and, you know, Devontae had an, an, a route where the, the cornerback lined up on the inside and we threw to the outside and we scored a touch. There's a lot of recall that can happen in practices like this, especially going up against a team, like I said, that won a Super Bowl just a couple of years ago. You know, Kirk, before we let you go, obviously, come Saturday, it remains to be seen <laughs> right. who's going to play, who's right, not right, going right. to play, who's going to warm up, et cetera, et cetera, right? Decisions that you and I have nothing to do with. But Correct. in a very general sense, Second preseason game, regardless of who goes, like what are you looking to get out of this game if you're if you're the Las Vegas Raiders? Well, I want to see who's going to take over or what you did in the first game. Can you bring that over to the second game? Can you show improvement? Aiden O'Connell was good in his mm -hmm. first game. But guess what? The bar was set. So now you have to be better. If you don't have that same type of game, say, well, what are we missing? What happened? Because game one, you look like this. Game two... A little bit of a step back. We want to see you improve. The improvement is always what I want to see. Still flying around, making plays. I thought last week, being at the game, watching against the 49ers, it looked like the guys were having fun because they were executing. Can you execute again this week against a Rams team that you know now? You saw them for two days. So to me, I always say the mistakes should be at a minimum. And that's what I think Josh McDaniels is preaching. Patrick Graham, same thing. Preaching to his guys, minimal mistakes. Go out there, fly around, have fun. Most importantly, what I thought the Raiders did last week was compete. They outcompeted against the 49ers. Can they do it again against the Rams? Compete pushed them to a point where it's like the better team was in silver and black. And you talked about Aiden O'Connell, but just in a general sense for rookies, how hard is it to stack game appearances that are yeah. quality after another, right? We saw Aiden and you know, all the stats and all the love from the NFL, which is awesome. Right. But for an entire rookie class, like how hard is it to build off of consecutive appearances? Well, it's, it's huge. When you think about week one in the preseason, there were 14 quarterbacks drafted in the first round in 2023. Six of them had interceptions. Well, two of them will be on the field on Saturday who didn't throw interceptions, right? On one side, it'd be Stetson Bennett for the Rams and Aiden O'Connell uh, for the Raiders side who didn't throw interceptions. So there is going to be a learning curve for the rookies, but it'd be a good matchup seeing two guys who played a lot of college football. Aiden O'Connell played a lot of college football. On the other side, Stetson Bennett played a lot of college football Stetson at Georgia. Stetson Bennett was playing college football when I was in college <laughs> 10 years ago. Exactly. Right? So, I mean, to me, th these are two guys who I want to see. This is a good matchup because – 
they're going to get a lot of reps. Okay, we know Jimmy Garoppolo is your starter. Okay, we know that already. So to see Aiden O'Connell go out there and get more opportunities and really grasp his offense, he's competing to be the backup quarterback. And more importantly, when you're competing to be the backup quarterback, you're one play away in the regular season, which we saw throughout the National Football League. So some may say, oh, he's going out there to perform. No, no, no. He's performing to prove to everybody on this roster that if anything happens to Jimmy, which we knock on wood for sure, that we're in safe hands with Aiden O'Connell, whether it's a game, two games, three games, or maybe even sometimes, we've seen it before, for parts of a season or even a whole season. And even even a quarter, right? Quarter, you never yes. Know. Hey, you never it's, know. It's a, it's a valuable quarter. All <laughs> these quarters mean a lot in the National Football League. Well, Kirk, it was great to hang out. Absolutely. It's always good to see you have our feet on the turf again. Be out of the <laughs> yes. studio a little bit. I know Correct. you and I spend a lot of time in the studio these days. Absolutely. So it's good to feel the breeze and, uh, yeah. and hang out here. A big thank you to our guy, Kirk, for making time for us. As I said, I hope you enjoyed our little conversation with him. And I encourage all of you guys, follow Kirk on, on all the social medias and uh, head on over to this pod feed and subscribe and like and listen to the Raiders Training Camp podcast. It's a pretty good time. So, as I said, kickoff against the aforementioned Rams that we've talked a lot about today for obvious reasons is tomorrow, excuse me, yes, tomorrow, Saturday at 6 p.m. I'm a little thrown off because usually we record on Thursdays. Today is Friday, so my whole sense of the week is a little uh, kind of up in the air. But the game is tomorrow night, 6 p.m., SoFi Stadium. Listen on Raider Nation Radio. Lock in on Fox 5 if you're here in the desert. Follow us all afternoon and evening on Raiders.com and all our social handles, et cetera, et cetera. What do I want to see tomorrow? What do I want to see? Number one, I want to see everyone get out of that game healthy. That's number one. That is the most important thing to me for any of the three preseason games. Get out of the preseason game healthy. Outside of that, there's a few guys that I do have my eye on, beginning with Aiden O'Connell. Yes, yes, yes. The man with the preseason debut heard around the world. He finishes his, uh, his week one against the 49ers, 15 of 18 for a touchdown, 141 yards, and a QB rating of 117.8. And let's be clear, I believe on two of his three incomplete passes, they were drops. So really, you're looking at what should have been a 17 of 18 day for Mr. O'Connell. Well, what does he do against the Rams? Look pretty good against the Niners a week ago. What does it look like against the Rams? How do you build on what you did a week ago? That's my big question for Aiden O'Connell. I'm excited to see what it looks like. I'm excited to see how much he plays. Uh, I'm curious if we see any Brian Hoyer uh, Saturday night against the Rams. Only time will tell. But one would assume that it'll, again, be a heavy dose of O'Connell. And how did, what does it look like? How does it feel? We saw time and time again on, uh, was it Sunday Night Ray? Is that when we played last? Yeah, Sunday Night Against the Niners. We just saw how comfortable this guy was at the line of scrimmage. We saw how comfortable he was operating Josh McDaniel's offense. I'm excited to see it again. I want to see the, ch- the second chapter. It's as simple as that. It was an incredible opening to the book. The book, I'm hooked. I'm intrigued. What's the second chapter look like? Uh, another guy that I want to see kind of build off of a really solid week one in the preseason, Cole Fotheringham. Cole hauled in five passes for 71 yards against the, uh, against the Niners a week ago. Was a beast on special teams too. What does he do in week two of the preseason? How does it look for him? Does he change the thought process for Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels in terms of how they're building out their team? I'm very curious. He looked awesome. He looked really, really good. Very much looked the part of an NFL tight end on, uh, on what was it yet, yeah, last weekend. And I'm excited to see on how he builds on that. Because you look at the Raiders' tight end room now, 
Uh, there's room. There's room. Does Cole Fotheringham say, hey, you need to keep one more spot for me? Mm, time will tell. We shall see. But if he wants to make a, a serious push at a roster spot, it has got to continue tomorrow night against the Rams. Uh, production, production, production is the name of the game in the preseason, and he was incredibly productive against the Niners. Let's see what he can do tomorrow night in Los Angeles. And then just one guy real quick on the defensive side of the football that I would like to talk about, Nesta Jade Silvera. What do you do for us, big fella? How does it look and feel for you tomorrow night against the Rams? Really strong camp. Uh, I think, again, kind of another you know two days of of progress, of stacking uh, stacking bricks against the Rams uh, in Los Angeles. But how does it look like for him? Does he remain a beast in the middle? Does he remain a guy that we we have circled on our on our notebooks coming out of the game tomorrow night? That's a dude I'm I'm very very curious to see, uh, and I think he'll get a lot of burn, and I'm excited to see what it does with the opportunity. But yeah, three guys I think I'll give you right there. We got Nathan O'Connell, Cole Fotheringham, and Nestor Jade Silvera. What do they do against the Rams? Can the Raiders continue their preseason winning streak? All will be revealed uh, by, I don't know, 9 o'clock on, uh, on Saturday night, 9 o'clock or so. And I cannot wait. As I said, make sure you listen on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. That's in the Raiders app if you're not here. Or on TV on Fox 5, our internal crew here does a fantastic job producing the game so i encourage all of you guys to watch that as well big shout out to our guys jason horowitz matt millen and to enrich gannon who will be in the booth doing their thing well it has come to that uh it has come to that time where you have to crack an ice cold bruchacho and uh and as i look into the booth ray are, are we are we allowed to crack a cold one for you are we allowed to share your news are we going public with it? i'm getting a thumbs up from ray today we crack an ice cold brewski for my man ray Ray is leaving us in some capacity, right? Ray has decided to get a real job and stop hanging out with us. But on a serious note, he has been such a valuable part of our team here in Silver and Black Productions. He has increased our production level on not only this podcast, but really the catalog of our programming. And man, we are going to miss him a lot. He's out and he's going to be still here in Vegas doing his thing. So we're going to be running around and seeing him a lot. And, uh, and we're still going to, we're going to have him in the mix. We just won't see and hear him as much as we have in the past couple seasons. But, Ray, this one is for you. We are going to miss you. We appreciate you. Keep kicking ass. And uh, as I said, we're not, getting, we're not getting rid of you quite yet, but I feel like we had to give you at least a little bit of love on the way out. So on that note, Ray's got to work tomorrow. So I, I don't really know why I'm, I'm talking him up as, oh, he's leaving us. He will literally be like, what, do you got an eight-hour day, eight hour day tomorrow, Ray? At least. Ray's grinding. So we can give him his flowers, but... Uh, yeah, make sure you're here on time tomorrow. I, I mean that. Please don't be late. So uh, on that note, you guys don't be late to the game as well. As I said, 6 o'clock kickoff at SoFi Stadium. It is going to be a blast. I cannot wait. So for Eddie Pascal, our guest this week, Kirk Morrison, uh, my man Ray behind the glass, and everyone else at Silver Black Productions, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us. As I said, friendly reminder, week two, we are back. Preseason, baby, it is going to be awesome, and we will see you guys next week, same time, same place, with the team back here in Henderson for our next episode of Upon Further Review. Thanks for listening to this edition of Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network.